everyone and welcome to Burger Wonder, the last <laughs> podcast. Um, my name is Carl, and we decided to do an impromptu um, podcast today because we haven't really spoken about anything Arsenal related for a while. Did Chris do a show? Was it two weeks ago? I think it was about two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, and we did say we're going to try and commit to do. Even if we talk about nonsense about Arsenal, because let's face it, Arsenal are nonsense, um, for at least an hour a week. Just to do a roundup, because this is Arsenal. I know we um, there's always something going on, even if it's just transfer rumours and something. And this week, uh, things have happened, haven't they, Danny? It's been a week of something. I, I see all, all, all of our podcasting friends and how they manage to knock out content on an almost daily basis when there's very little actual substantial stuff to talk about they they need a round of applause no wonder they're doing so well and we just go to talk about it's not far we'll see you see you in july possibly august <laughs> because all they do is report on transfer rumors like i'm surprised someone hasn't said oh we're linked to Morata or we're linked to the bar like that which we'll talk about later but let's face it none of those players are actually coming to us but you know, some random... Do you know off my, what makes me laugh, Danny? You, you might see the same. Is that some random account with, like, 200 followers will tweet something, and then all of us... Oh, look, there's a pussy in the camera. Sure. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, some random account with 200 followers will tweet something, then every single person jumps on it. And you're like, really? Like, the account was started, like, in June. They got 200 followers, and all of a sudden now they're tweeting about, oh... This person's in London. This person's at the training grounds. Like, come on now. Like, it's just, I don't know. Um, it's, yeah. really, it's funny because it's silly season, isn't it, Danny? Like, this happens every single year um, at this time. Silly season. People just start throwing out random names and then people just jump on the bandwagon. Dora, everyone's looking at your movie. <laughs> Just showing it off, look at it. There's one thing we won't be talking about. We don't want anybody talking about it in, in the chat. And we all know what that is because that thing is in this country. We have something called subjudice and you can't talk about um, certain um, things that may, may or may not happen. And we don't want to get in trouble for people talking about it. So if you could just not bother talking about it, that'd be great. Yeah, but it's. Um, I did see someone who tweeted, uh, like you were saying, Carl, one of those accounts that tweeted a little bit of, uh, oh, my uncle's friend is, is the window cleaner or the nanny of the, of the twice-removed cousin of this person. And they put a picture up and they went, yeah, mate, that's last year's training kit, you idiot. Oh, oh, right. You think, are these people are just... But that, you can get a member. Years ago, there was, um, oh, I think it's Nefarious B or someone like that that, I, that we follow each other. And he used to say to me, oh, send me a tweet about five years ago. Oh, have you heard of we signed? I can't believe it. And then I was back and forth doing that. We'd, we'd get sometimes 150, 200 followers just because we were tweeting each other, not even tweeting it out to the entire world. Well, I suppose you, the whole world does see it. But it's just so easily done, and that's how people have made a living. And some people have, have damaged their living by tweeting stuff that is completely wrong. And uh, I mean, like old John Cross, dear oh dear. Remember the days when he used to come on ABW and go, oh, John, what do you know? Well, I know this and I know that. Now he knows nothing. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Chris Carpenter when he said we're signing Lamar. <laughs> oh, do we not talk about that? <laughs> I was looking at the, the one player that he said from Barcelona. Do you remember who it was? That he was definitely coming. No. Malcolm. 
I couldn't even remember the bloke's name, so I had to go and look on um, Wikipedia at Barcelona, go back five or six years and look through their entire squad. I knew it was a bloke's first name, it was his whole name, and he was Brazilian. I think now he's, he's playing in, in um, uh, Russia or Ukraine or somewhere, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. So, uh, yeah, but yeah. P- people do. They, they make a living on making stuff up, don't they? Yeah, but because it gets them clicks and hits, doesn't it? And it gets, if you get an account, you know, there are some quite big um, Arsenal accounts out there. And if you get get a retweet of something along them lines, then, you know, it brings you followers. And then you start making up silly rumours that, oh, this person's agent was seen at the training ground. Like, how do you know? Like, how do you tell me how some account with 200 followers knows that this certain player's agent was at the training grounds? Like, come on now. And what was that one with a... Uh... That someone was going to come and join us in January, and they'd actually done a DVA. They they just to come for the interview uh, at Arsenal. They'd gone to DVLA and they'd gone and uh, transferred their private play. Anybody who's done that, before, oh, that was getting that done in under from, two months. Um, um, Isak, wasn't it? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. That was Arsenal. That literally was Arsenal to at its absolute finest. It peaked at um, that point. And then yeah. tracking the, the planes that are landing and all the details oh, about that. Too much. Like, too much. Too, too, too much. They just went um, too far. But, yeah. But, the, I mean, you know, Danny, we can list a, a plethora of players that we've been seeing who we've been linked with um, this <laughs> week from Dybala. I've seen... God, the Italian seen, striker I've, Martinez, something the uh, the Ajax him. Martinez. Yep, seen him. I've 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 seen um, <laughs> Ronaldo, which is the stupidest one ever. Oh, um, can you imagine? We do you know what? I'm talking about that really quickly. One, we could not afford Ronaldo's wages like five hundred and fifty grand a week at Man United. I think he was on. He's not. That's just stupid. We could not afford his wages. Number two. Why would he leave us um, a non-Champions League squad to go to another non-Champions League squad where he's leaving Man United because he wants to play in the Champions League? Exactly. So there's no way he'll come to us. Not that we, I don't think anyone at Arsenal want him because one, he's he is disruption to the dressing room. Two, he can't really run anymore. So um, why would we need him? And I've seen rumours about Neymar coming to us. Like if we can't afford um, Ronaldo, we are. Definitely not going to get Neymar. Not that I really want him anyway, but you know, this is where we were talking about silly season, Danny, where we literally just talk about absolutely anyone like in a paper who gets told about being unhappy all of a sudden. It was someone um, from Bangkok in Thailand. Yeah, yeah. Joseph, Hello. just him. That's the first. Hello. Joseph. Hello. Welcome to um, ABW. Um, but yeah, Danny, um, I guess you've seen that some really, really crazy rumours as well. Um, but yeah. what, what, um, go on. No, I was going to say, what worries me is where where are these people getting their information from? Like, do they just wake up in the morning just and pick a random player and just tweet him to say, you know what, I'm going to pick this player and talk about he's going to sign for Arsenal? They must do. They must do. The, which one is going to... If the hashtag of Ronaldo or the hashtag of Latira Martinez or the um, the other Martinez from Ajax or, um, or Sterling, you put that hashtag in, then people are going to see it and they're going to click on the hashtag because that's how you use a hashtag properly. You don't put hashtag... Um, 
had a bath today because then that just means everyone with the hashtag bath today is going to read that so they're going to pick players names or clubs names with uh with that so then it's going to bring you up the uh i mean you have a look at the side of it like at the moment there's one sports trending leno 3230 tweets on the podcast account so then you know people ask so if you add uh, i've done that a few times go and get all the 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 top um hashtags put them all in one tweet and see how you get on sometimes you get a bit of traction with it but i think that's the gist of what they do but uh like 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 our stan has said here cr7 doesn't do pressing and i was listening to the radio today and then someone said that although he has been a magnificent goal scorer for man united when he's in the team last season they scored less goals than they did the season before that because when he's in your team it's all about him and that's not the Arsenal way at the moment. The Arsenal way is people who can work. There's a fucking fly in here. There are people who can work together as a team and get goals from everywhere. And we saw Man United last season. Some of the players that they had, like I think, was it Jesse Lingard or someone like that, has scored seven goals in three seasons at Man United. But then he scored seven in 15 when he was on loan at West Ham. And so it's just all these things. It's attention-seeking. But everybody who knows anything about the world of Arsenal at the moment knows no one is getting anything. Who'd heard of that? Mar- is it Marquinhos, the young man that we signed, the young Brazilian? No one yeah. had ever heard of him before we signed him. And, and uh, who's the other one? Um, uh, uh, Fabio Vieira. If you had to put uh, every Arsenal fan on Twitter on, a, on a, one of those um, lie, lie detectors, I think 99.8% of us would fail it if we went, oh, yeah, I've heard of him. I'd never heard of him. So the Arsenal way at the moment is we're signing players you've never heard of because so many times in the past we've gone out and gone, oh, we've, we've only got 250 million. We want to go and buy this player. And then we, everybody goes for that player. And we got gazumped by Chelsea for Juan Mata. Um, there's been loads of players in the past that we've gone for. Um, Cahill, Cahill from Bolton, another one that we got done by Chelsea for. Because as soon as another club knows, oh, you're after a fly. Yes, I am, and it's pissing me off. So I had to go get the fly screen real quickly. Just open your windows. Flip it now. I know. Once it starts to get a little bit cooler, I've had about three or four in here. But everyone knows that um, as soon as Arsenal go for a target, that means that player's available and everyone else would go for it. Like the first team that that, um, Raheem Sterling was linked to was Arsenal. And then people have gone, oh, he's available. And like that young man from from Bologna, was it Aaron Hickey? He's gone and signed for Brentford today. How rude is that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we can talk about that. I mean, that's a surprise because he was linked with him heavily and people were saying that he was definitely coming to us, like deals were done and blah, blah, blah. And obviously he's gone to, like you said, he's gone to Brentford. And, you know, I, I don't know much about him. I did watch a few, um, I did watch a few highlights, YouTube highlights of him. And he looks like a good player. And, you know, Brentford have obviously... Hopefully they've got, well, not hopefully, but they might have a good player on their hands and, you know, he might just literally be two seasons at Brentford and if he gets too good, you know, if one of the big six, quote-unquote, come in for him, then he's obviously going to go there. So this may just be a test for him in the Premier League, see how he does and then he might move on. But Dan, just a quick question. Do you think that the lack of um, outgoings is affecting the lack of incomings. I mean, we've had a lot of incomings, but you know there are still so many players in this squad that need to go. You know, you've got Torreira, you've got um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, you've got Nelson, Leno, who's reported to be going to Fulham at any time soon. You still got Ron Arson. You know, the, um, our squad at the moment is quite bloated. So 
do you think that the lack of outgoings is going to affect the lack of incomings? Um, yeah, because there's only a certain number of players that we can sign before there's a fly on the other monitor. Um, like at the moment, we've got Pepe, 140 grand. He is never getting 140 grand, no matter what team. Unless he goes to Barcelona or Real Madrid, no team is going to pay him 140 grand, and they don't want shit players. Bellerin, 110 grand. Now, I think he will take a pay cut to go and play for Real Betis, which is um, uh, the kid he supported as a, as a kid. And so I mean, he's 20, I think he's 26 or 27 now. So he's had plenty of seasons at Arsenal, earning a massive amount of money. I mean, 110k a week, that's 400 grand a month. That's four, it's about £5 million a year. But if he's going to go and play for those, because he wasn't, he didn't play every single game for them last season. I was looking at his stats. And, and so he'll probably go there and get 35, 40,000 pounds a week. I know, bless him, how they cope. But I think the tax is slightly different there. Um, Pablo Mari, Carl, £85,000 a week. I mean, how did that happen? What was that? I don't know what they were smoking at that at Arsenal at that point. So there's no way that man's worth eighty-five grand a week. Um, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. There were so many players in the squad and we need to start getting rid of them. And I'm glad we've kind of taken a hard stance on not getting rid of players for free anymore. Because I think that's what Hector Bellerin was, was reported, I should say that he wanted to leave on a free um, and then go to Real Betis. And Arsenal was like, no, like, that's not happening. Even if you've got one year left, and we were saying, well, okay, cool, you'll play for us for this one year. And then if you want to leave after that, that's fine, but we're not going to cancel your contract. Um, same with Torreira. Like, we had a, a £14 million agreement with Florentina, or Florentina, I should say, and then all of a sudden they're saying, oh, we're going to offer you seven. Like, but we agreed, we, we literally agreed... 14 million. So why now are you pleading poverty when you've just signed and they just signed someone for like 20 odd million? Like, so you've got money for players that you want to have money for, but I think that's, I think that's what it is. No one in Europe has got a lot of money. So 14 million for a Lucas Torreira is the equivalent to kind of 20, 25 million to them. They just don't have the money. And like you said, um, Pablo Marie, he could easily go to another club, but he, he's not going to take a huge pick up. Pablo Marie is is no more than a 20 to 40 grand a year, grand a week player. No more than that. So maybe, maybe even a year. <laughs> yeah. So why would you, why would you leave? Like, you're not going to be in a rush to leave Arsenal if you're getting 85 grand a week. Like, you wouldn't be. Even if that means you have to sit on the bench, like, you're going to take your money. You know, let's be honest with you, like all of us, if we were to go to, we were working and if we were to go to a different um, department in our workplace or a different location and they were going to pay us less, we would be like, well, no, I'm going to stay here for my money. It's just the way it is. Um, I'm just looking at his uh, his career. Uh, it hasn't got it here, but I was remember looking at Mustafi and players like that. I think they when he was in Spain, he was on 15 grand a week, and then when he came to Arsenal, he was on 65 grand a week. Um, yeah, just looking at Pablo Mari, he's on 85 grand a week. If there's a website, people, if you want to go to it, it's really really good for wages. It's called Capology dot com and then they have a little tick next to their name if it's been it says here green check mark indicates a player's salary has been verified and they give you a link to how they verify it so like um, gabriel jesus is uh is on 265 grand a week 
That's uh, and the next one down is our Ghanaian midfielder. He's on two hundred grand a week. Then Pepe one forty, Ben White one twenty, Bellerin and Tierney on one hundred and ten. And then like there's so many players further down the, the thing. But then you look at poor old um, Saka Cole, thirty five, thirty grand a week. Maitland Niles thirty five. Nelson, according to this, is this is on fifteen. And even Holdings only on forty, and Smith Rowe on forty. So it's quite. I mean, some of those players must be looking at the likes of of Pepe and and Bellerin and all this lot and going, well, hold on a second, they're not even playing for the club. So Saka needs to get his contract sorted out soon. And I think the club will do that and sign him up to a 25-year contract, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be... I would almost put signing Saka's new contract more important as a higher priority than signing a new player. I think we've got to keep him. I think we absolutely have to keep him. And even if that means um, not selling Saka, selling Pepe and not replacing Pepe to give Saka his portion of wages, we absolutely have to sign Saka. And people keep saying that it's a given that Saka's going to sign. I don't think it is. Like I, I genuinely do not think it's an absolute given that we sign Saka. I mean, that we keep Saka. I, I, you know, the, the Arsenal supporter in me wants... To believe that we're going to keep him, of course we I do, but I can't see it. And then with um, Sterling going to Man City, isn't that Chelsea. like a, a sorry Chelsea? Sorry, sorry, isn't that just a sucker shaped hole in Man City squad for Saka? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it may not be, oh. it may not be this season, but it could be next season. So you know, Pep Guardiola is not stupid in the you don't sell Sterling for no reason. And but as no, a young, but as a young man, do you go straight out now? What what is Saka? Is he twenty one or twenty? Yeah. Do you go out and give him all of the wages now, make him the highest wage earner? Because then he's got nothing to aim for, do you? But then you're going to think, well, if I don't give him the massive amount of wages, then then he he might want to leave. But if yeah. if we do go and give him two hundred grand a week, where do you go from that in two or three years' time? Because then we'll be stuck with a load of players on the higher money, and you've got no incentive. Like if you, that's that's a hard one because he is by far the best prospect in the Premier League, oh, maybe yeah, one of the best look, in the world. Yeah, but he must look at. So when you go away with England, they all they must all talk about their wage and how much they get and blah blah blah. So imagine he looks at Phil Foden, and Phil Foden must be on a fair whack, or he looks, or he talks to someone like Raheem Sterling. Remember, this guy has played the Euro, has played the final of a European competition. Okay, they didn't win, but he was the starting right midfielder in the Euro, so in for England. So he must see like Sterling and the likes of Phil Foden. He who he was keeping out the squad, or he must look at the Arsenal squad and think Pepe. Pepe cannot even buy a game to play for Arsenal, and Pepe is on almost quadruple the wages. Of what Saka's on, so he must look at that and think, "These I'm busting my ass playing week in week out, playing for Arsenal. These guys can't even buy a game for Arsenal, and they're getting paid more than me. Come on now, so and there's no way that his agent's not on his ear saying, "Oh, you can get more elsewhere." Blah blah blah. Yes, he's an Arsenal boy, and he is. He grew up through the academy. Absolutely, I know he loves the club. I know he does, but. He's got ambition and we need to show, we need to match that ambition. We need to start giving him the players around him to win trophies. We need to give him, everyone wants to play in the Champions League. Of course they do. 
we need to give him Champions League football. Uh, we need to give him the money. We ha we have to. We, there's no way we cannot make him the, the highest play. He's our most important player at Arsenal. Hundred percent, the most important player at Arsenal. So, at the end of the day, for me, I know you were saying like no, no, twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old should be earning two hundred grand a week. They shouldn't be. No one should be. But if that's what it takes him to stay, and you can sign him up for five years, give him the two hundred grand, sign him up for five years, and if Man City would by the time he's 27, 28, and he's absolutely world-class, if Man City want to come in for 300 million, then boy, we're talking <laughs> five years in it. So we'll see. But I don't want him to leave. No way do I want this, um, Saka to leave. But It's a similar you know, situation to when Sterling was at Liverpool. And look what they did. They were, It was in a very similar player for England and the way he plays, the positions he plays, and the, the, the how good he was going to be. And then they sold him because they got a whole load of money for him. And then they did a load of good stuff with that money combined yeah. with the Coutinho money. So when the owners must look at that and go, if if they did offer us maybe 150 million, do you think the club would take it next summer? With one year left in his contract? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100%. He left one year left in his contract. so sad. If, if, let's say, okay, if... Man City came in for 150 million tomorrow. Would you want Arsenal to accept it? No, I'd want them to have whoever so made the be, offer be, told to go you'd away. Be very, you'd be very confident that he would sign another contract. Now, this is not me saying I want him to leave, I do not want Saka to leave at all. Hmm. But I guess they'll in the background, they'll be having talks with him and they'll be asking whether he's going to sign the contract. You know, him and his agent will be talking, Arsenal will be speaking to his agent or his representative. If you're not getting the feels that he's going to sign a new contract, then, you know, Arsenal will have, have to look at it and think, we have this product here, because all players are commodities. They all are. No matter what you say, they, they're just a commodity. That's all they are. And another company wants to buy this commodity from you before it expires. Should we sell it? Even though this commodity is absolutely brilliant. And it's going to bring, we can either give it away for free in two seasons or we can sell it for 150 million now. It is tough. I mean, I, I, I would say no matter how much money any of you have got, you're never having him. But Eddie's just gone from 45 grand to 100 grand. I think so, uh, Foden's on 138 grand. So there's so, no way that Saka's not looking at that thinking, you know, why am I not at the big boy table when it comes to wages? Then you've got to think: Is Arteta going to be one of those managers like Wenger once we're going? Well, you've all you've all got to meet certain levels before you get it. Uh, and I know Wenger had all the youth players where you wanted wage parity and you had rubbish players on forty grand a week. But the club have worked so hard over the last two years trimming the uh, the, the wage bill down. And then, you, if you're going to put him on a high amount of money, then is he going to is he going to um, accept that? But then you can't take the risk of letting him go. Um, Stan says Saka should be increased to about 120 grand a week. Then, when he starts to hit the Salamane numbers, increasing to 200 mark, he has to earn it. Yeah, but, I, I definitely agree with that. But I think it would be more of a status thing amongst players: how much are you earning, rather than how much you need to earn. Because it was what does um, Saka need? But twenty-eight pound fifty a week YTS money. He'll probably be fine on that. He's got probably got very little bills, mobile phone bill, and maybe a. Uh, 
maybe kebab money, and that's all you need, and bus money. That's all he needs. Yeah, just for a sweet shop and like, get his pick and mix. That's about it. We've seen so many players and so much money so soon. Yeah, but look, um, look, look all the Chelsea rejects. That's yeah. why all these Chelsea players who are 18, 19 years old who are on 110 grand a week, no 18-year-old, and that should be a fee for all, no one over the age of... I think if you're 18, the maximum you should be able to earn is like... 30 to 40 grand tonight because you don't know what what does an 18 year old need of 120 grand a week and then when he doesn't make it and he goes to Heronveen on loan uh, mm-hmm. for a season and then you don't make it you're not going to want to leave Chelsea because you're earning 120 grand so when another club comes in for you and Chelsea says oh we want to sell you um, they're like no I mean look at a case I just watched an interview the other day with Danny Drinkwater and oh jeez he was he was literally saying that, you know, he was on that he literally doubled his wage to go from Leicester to Chelsea. He played one season and the rest he was out on loan. And you know, he had and he just went through problems. He wasn't playing, he was on the bench, sometimes he wasn't even in the team. So he was he was raking in all of this money and he was not playing football. So what did you get up to mixture? He was saying that he he was doing drink driving. Um, him and his wife got divorced. Um, I, it, he never said he started to drink, but I think he kind of hinted that he did. Um, and if he wasn't, I'm really sorry, Dan and drink water. But, um, but that just goes to show you, you know, he was a young guy. He was in the England setup. He went to Chelsea, was earning all this money. And then his football career is dead now. He's literally dead. He's looking for a, a new club. But, you know, his football career is just stupid now. And it happens to so many young players. Anyway, let's um, how about Jesus? Because um, all, all the tell, tell people what was happening in the, in the group yesterday when we were scoring all those goals. Because you lot were all getting a little bit carried away, weren't you? It made me laugh. So I, I, I hope everyone watched to get um, Stan. I'm sorry, I know you're in the chat. Do you want to join? Um, do you want to join this? Because we can send you the link if you're available. Just let us know. Um, so I found a. Uh, the game on Twitter. I won't tell you how I. Found I forgot it, it was on. Uh, for le- for legal reasons, I won't uh, mm-hmm. tell you how I found it. So I started watching because I wasn't paying. By the way, Arsenal. I love Arsenal. I love Arsenal to the day that I die. I give you a hell of a lot of money every season for the games that I attend, for memberships, uh, for things that I buy. You release a kit every flipping week, and I end up liking it. Sometimes <laughs> I buy it. You really want to charge me five ninety nine to watch a friendly game? Really? Against Nuremberg? Arsenal, do better, please. Like, I know times are hard, but times ain't that hard. Like, come on. Um, but anyway, I found I found the game. Uh, so, in typical Arsenal fashion, I saw the, the first team and I thought, oh, not too bad. You know, it's... Um, uh, Danny, can you send Stan the link, please? Yeah. Um, so, I'm watching the game and I'm thinking, oh, the team's not too bad. The starting lineup is not too bad. Um, Matt Turner made his debut, which was really, really good. He had Bellerin starting as well. He had Mari starting, Kieran Tierney, which we'll, I'll talk about that later in a second. Um, you had the Conga, Maitland Niles, Nelson Smith, Rowe, Pepe, and Ketia. So for me, that's quite a strong line. Like, I would want that team, if that team turned out for a League Cup game, you wouldn't turn your nose up at it. You'd be like, hmm, that's quite a strong team. So it weren't too bad. What do Arsenal go and do, Danny? Yeah, that's right. 
we go and concede two goals. Flipping out. I was, I think in our WhatsApp group, I think, and then just at that time, I think Hector Bellerin went off um, in the 30th minute. And at that time, we didn't know why he went off. And I think I, I think I said in the group, two nil down, um, Kieran Tierney out for, Kieran Tierney off after 30 minutes. Welcome back to Arsenal. Because that was just, it was just typical, typical Arsenal. Um, and then we made a whole list of substitution. Well, no, in the beginning, we had uh, Jesus come on for Pepe. And we had Martinelli come on for Smith-Rowe. Um, and also we had Gabriel come on for Waters, who was one of our um, graduates who played in that centre-back. I've never heard of that kid. No, I. Um, but he must be a prospect to go on to go to the training camp. So, within 90 seconds, our Lord and Saviour, and let me make this clear, throughout the whole of the season, <laughs> you are going to get so many puns uh, with Jesus, I can assure you, from everyone ABW. But our Lord and Saviour, Jesus, uh, comes on and scores within 90 seconds, Danny. So, obviously, everyone in the group goes mad and I start going wild with, with tweets. Literally, within... I think we scored again very, very quickly. Um, and I think Jesus was involved. No, no, no. That, it was El, El Nene who scored an absolute rocket. And people, if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen El Nene's goal, please go and watch it. Why does he always score baggers in pre-season friendlies? I'm sure he did it um, last year as well. But the goal that he scored from outside the area... Literally, top corner, bang, keeper did not have a chance. El Nene, our saver, like he was just brilliant. Um, then we got, then we scored the day score, the known goal, two on goals, I think it was, but I'm going to put it down to Jesus because without Jesus being there, make, making the team make a mistake, he wouldn't have, um, think, and what I like about him is his movement. It's really good to see a striker run in behind. We kind of got it in for, um, kind of got it at the back end of last season when Eddie was doing it because Lacazette, who literally scored today, by the way, have you seen that? He scored today in a friendly in, um, for Leon. Didn't fucking no. do that again for us, did he? Bitch. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and it was really good to see a striker run in behind defenders and I think that's what we need and I think that's what's going to be good for us because we have the players behind, you know, we have the older guards, we have the Sackers, Martinelli's, who can play a killer ball. And if you've got a striker that's running, we can open teams up. We showed it towards the end of last season when we started playing Eddie and Ketia. So I'm not going to put too much praise. I mean, I started running wild with a tweet saying he's going to score like 200 goals and all sorts. And I just, it was just nice to see him run in an Arsenal shirt get a run out and seeing kind of how his movement is. And when we start getting our full team back, you now when Saka gets onto the pitch, when Odegaard gets into the pitch, you know, that's when we're going to see, and that's when the team fly to America, which is, I believe, next week. You're going to see the shape of Arsenal. And even when um, Xhaka comes into the squad, you'll see kind of how we're going to set up. And I thought, which is, I thought the movement of him was really, really good. Like he, I mean, even his, his, um, his second slash third goal, however you want to see it, um, 
it was just, again, getting into the right space at the right time, the flick, absolutely brilliant. So I think we've made a really good signing there, Danny. It is important because that was the missing part from last season was the the one to put the goals away because we've got so much creativity from every aspect of the um, of the forward line, left, the right, the middle. Um, and if, if someone like Eddie can come in after having played almost nothing for the whole of his career at Arsenal, apart from a few um, League Cup games, and if he can come in towards the end of the season and then we're getting all those chances and he scored uh, against, was it two against Chelsea and then two against Leeds. And you think, I remember thinking at the time, what if we managed to get someone in there who's who's a goal scorer, who's a natural goal scorer, who's got the ability to to run at defences and scare them? And as soon as anyone sees that Jesus is on the um are on the team sheet and that he's starting the game, they're immediately going to go, "Oh, that bloke's won four Premier League titles with Man City and, and FA Cups and League Cups, and I think it's four League uh, four Premier League titles." And I'm still amazed that we managed to get him enough for only forty five million quid. But then again, they only paid £56 million for Haaland, plus another £60 million on top to his dad and his agent and all stuff like that. This is going to go down as one of the bargains of the century, where we already know that Pepe is the worst Premier League transfer of all time. Um, the Jesus one is going to go down for us as one of the best. That's an absolute bargain. And you look at players that aren't even as good as him that we've been linked to. And like that one, um, the one who went to Juventus at the end of last season, I mean, last January transfer window. And he went for, we were looking at 60, 70 million or 60 million for Isaac. And there was that other one who plays for Swasolo in Italy, that big bloke, the new Giroud with all the tattoos. And they were looking at 60 million for him. And you go, we've got, we got Jesus for 45 the bloke who's been there and done it and got a whole range of T-shirts and all the stuff that he's won. And it's fantastic. And he fits in like a glove. And I'm going to have to go and find the game and see if I can go and download it and watch it somewhere. But I'm very excited with uh, him. And that is the key piece. And people are shitting the bed and shouting and screaming, we need more players. And we don't really. For now, we'll be okay. It's after the... Um, when the, when the second half of the season starts after the January transfer window, when we've got all the European games and we're getting more and more games um, more and more often, that's when we're going to need backups. But if I think for the first part of the season, I think we might be all right with what we've got. We've got, and as long as Saliba is going to be playing for us, we've got goals, we've got creativity, and we've got we've got some backup, which is important. Which is why I want to keep the likes of Nelson and uh, Maitland Niles and Bellerin. I'd like to keep them all at the club. But the one I need to get rid of is Pepe, because that amount of money, it might even be worth trying to cancel his contract, because 140 grand a week now in this current climate will get you a really decent player from playing uh, playing abroad. I think um, Pablo, the, um, uh, uh, Fabio Vieira is only on about 45, 50 grand a week. I did have it written down, but I can't find it now. But I'm really excited. I mean, yeah, we, we definitely need... Our, our squad is very bloated at the moment. And we definitely need to get rid of some players, um, 100%. Definitely. See, Pepe has to go. Like, he has to go. It's just the fact that who one is gonna, who's going to take on his wage, like, no one is going to pay Pepe more than 100 grand a week. Nobody. No. Um, and even if we... We put him for 75 million, and even if we get 25 for him, which you're thinking, that's not too bad. No one's kind of coming... We were 25 million bid, like, which is just absolutely Ooh. crazy. Did you add him in? I did. And then you oh, remember. look at that. I didn't even have to press any buttons. Here he is. Stand the man. Look at him all professional. Hey, very well. Very well. The missus has gone to get her hair coloured and cut, which means I've got like a five-hour window now. 
to do whatever <laughs> I want because she takes ages down there. Um, I was just saying, Stan, that um, our squad at the moment is quite bloated and we need to start getting rid of some players, I think, before we bring certain players in. And one of the players that we have to get rid of is Pepe. But who's going to take him on with 140 grand wage and his transfer fee? So even if we sold him for something stupid like 20 to 25 million, which I personally think is the going rate for him, at Arsenal, if we send him to a club, are the club then going to be asked to subsidise his wage? Well, probably. This is a history of Arsenal that we overprice our players out of the market. You can even go back to players like, back in the days of players like Danielson. You know, players that it's time to move them on, but why would you leave? You know, if you're in a position like Pablo Mari, like you mentioned earlier, who was on, you know, around maybe, as you said, a 30 to maybe 40 grand a week player, he's on 80, 85 grand a week. Why would you leave? It is a job at the end of the day. He's never going to get those finances again for him and his family, but that's down to Arsenal. I don't know why they do this all of the time. I mean, Nicola, Nicolas Pepe, he's... You look at him and he's a player that he should be just starting to like seal his place in the football world. He's no longer a kid anymore. But as far as Nicola Pepe is concerned, the attitude is probably that he probably thinks he's already made it. He drives to work every day in a black Ferrari. You know, he's made it. He gets paid an awful lot of money. Eddie Nketiah was already a very rich man before we gave him this contract. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a different world, but... What are we going to do with a player like Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Torreira? And I think maybe some of these players will be players that may be able to go at a cut price as the window gets down to the end and the other the buying clubs then have all the cards. They know that we want to get rid and we get, we end up getting them, getting rid of them for a cut price. player like Nicola Pepe, if we've got £25 million for him, where does that go? That goes probably to Lille, right? It's probably the last instalment from the initial transfer fee that we did with them in 25 million I think we owe them 12 million pound next for this season and next season so that's 24 million but like Ray Anderson says if we got 20 million for Pepe we would get 14 million pound off of his wages but then we'd only get 6 million of that because it was I think it was 15 up front and then um, the next four seasons it was actually I can't remember how much it was maybe it's 30 up front and then the next four seasons, because Lille couldn't have all the money in one go because they were getting in trouble for with their, the finances for selling too many players because they sold his pe- and Pepe's replacement. They sold him the next season off to Italy, and he's been brilliant over there. And so if we go and throw £300,000 uh, pounds a week at, Pepe, uh, at Saka for the next contract, I just think that we're going to compromise the club right, severely. We'll have a reputation that we won't be able to get rid of and we're always going to be held over a barrel when we want to keep certain players and some players as we've done before we give them uh, these big contracts and they go straight off the boil almost immediately so you've got to do it in increments i think a player should be able to we should have a precedent at the club where players will players will earn the contracts Saka's a good player a prospect that he is he's nowhere near salah and mane for numbers yet in productivity there's a there's a good there's a good idea that he will reach it. So his wage should start going up as his numbers increase, and he's actually showing the value that he is, rather than thinking, panicking, throwing all the money at him so no one can take him, and then we're stuck in that place where other players then think that they should also now be matched with a similar wage when they start to improve. I just think it's a bad spiral. I'd rather cash in if it gets to that. Unfortunately, as much as I love him. <laughs> 
do you think it'd be worth offering a player, and I don't know if any player will take this, to say, okay, do you know what, we're going to give you a base rate of, let's say, 100k a year. If you make, if you score, I don't know, 12 goals or whatever, and do 15 assists, then your wage then goes up to X amount. Then the next season, if you uh, better that tally, so in the first season you get 12 goals, if you then get 15 goals and you get 20 assists, then your wage goes up to X amount. That one, that gives a player an incentive to play better and also it's not totally taking out the, 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 the wage bracket. That makes sense? I'm used to that kind of a mindset just in the jobs that I've done in the past, whether it's sales, right? And I think it might be a generational thing. I mean, that's exactly the kind of model that I wouldn't I would want nearly all of our players to have to show your worth. If you believe in your powers and your and your attributes, then why wouldn't you go along with something like that? If you think, yeah, I can do that, I believe in myself. But I think it's a with a, with a generation that's coming up now, they kind of want it all given to them up front. You know, there's none of this kind of attitude where it's like, okay, if I put the, the graft in, then I'll get that. If I do X amount of sales this month, I'll get that. If I do X more than that, then it will go up even more. I'm, I'm used to that kind of, of way of living my life, but I don't think the, the generation coming up are. You know, when you get players that say, well, yeah, I, I want to leave now because we're not in the Champions League. But it's like, well, you're the one that was kicking the ball. You're the one that had to get the ball in the back of the net. So if we didn't get to the Champions League, try and help us. You know, why is, why is it when you're looking to buy a player, or I don't want to go to that club because they're not in the Champions League, why can't they just say? And and to, to give Gabriel Jesus his credit, maybe that's what he's done. I'll come there and I will be that cherry on the, on the top that you're missing. I will be that next step to pull you into the Champions League. And I don't think we see enough of that attitude. So I'm really glad that we got Gabriel Jesus because he's come to us and he's taken the gamble. It does worry yeah. me that... Man City have sold um, uh, Jesus to us for 45 million. They sold Sterling for 47 million to Chelsea. Now Nathan Ake is on the verge of going from Man City to Chelsea for 45 million. That's 135 million pound they've got in after they've got Haaland. So it makes me think, are they saving up for something? Because like you were saying, Carl, there's a hole in that team now. And when Saka hasn't signed a new deal with us, I doubt very much they're going, well, let's leave it to the very last moment before we Saka signs a deal. Oh, no, I'd be so angry. Man City can get any player that they want if they pay the right amount of money. But as with everyone, Man City have to balance the books per se. That makes sense. So if they can get all these players off the wage bill that Sterling was on a fair wage, I'm sure Ake as well, because he went for free, didn't he? Um, I'm sure Ake went for free. So he was definitely getting a pretty penny. Uh, that's 100%. Um, and if they've got if they can get rid of Jesus and they've got Haaland in and they've got some other guy from Argentina, I can't remember his name, um, he wasn't going to get a game. But at the same time, you're right. You know, you're waiting, you're looking at Man City and thinking, you have got a hole in your team. Who's that player going to be? I mean, <laughs> for all we know, it could be Neymar. Like, there's news of Neymar wanting to leave and, you know, as much as I don't want it to be Saka, it could be Neymar, it could be someone out of left field. You don't know, I mean, it could be no one. Man City played last season without a striker, without a number nine out and out striker, and they won the league. So maybe Pep might be looking at something and thinking, oh, I don't need to play that way anymore, or I'm going to start playing Phil Foden much, much more so he doesn't have to interchange with Sterling. Because Sterling was on the bench a lot last season, if you remember. He wasn't like their starting left midfielder. 
So, you know, if it's a case of Pep is not stupid, he's taken the season to play without Sterling, said, oh, I can do without him, bring in someone else. Yeah, that's true. But we have got rid of the 11 players from various levels of the club this season. I'm just looking that uh, we've made £15.5 million in transfer fees and we've saved about £300,000 a week in wages, which most of that was uh, who was on 40 grand, Mavropanos 20 grand, Lacazette 182. And then we've got Jonathan Din- Dinzi, Joel Lopez, Jordan McEnough, Louis Gaspar, Edu's son, Daniel Ballard, Remy Mitchell, Zach Swanson and Jorde Toto. They were all on about two, three or four grand a week each. So 11 players have left the club. So they are doing something, but that, that happens every year. There's always a whole flurry of half a dozen, maybe double that young players that, that we get rid of. And it's the, the, like those ones. But we, we knew we, all the players that we, we were talking about earlier, the Maitland Niles and Terea and all that lot, we wanted to get rid of them last season and they wouldn't go. And then we just managed to farm them out. So it is worrying that, is it because the amount of money they're on and, and Pablo Mo has gone, 85 grand a week? Well, I'll get 25 if I go to, go to Italy or Spain. I'm not going. Why would I? Didn't you say that in the chat, Stan? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what I see happening with a number of these players are they'll probably continue to be loaned out. And um, I'm not sure how much of the percentage of the wage you pay I don't know if you if you can agree whether in some cases you're paying 80% of it, in other cases you're only paying 40% of it. But we'll end up still having to cover something and gradually the, their contracts will run down and then they'll walk out the door for free. And we won't get anything back on the investment. The player yeah, then leaves in a free and then they, they, they then have an opportunity to maybe keep their wage nearer to that over-exorbitant salary that we've put them on because of their no transfer fee. I think it's just simple mathematics and seems to be the way that a lot of players are are thinking about their future. Look at Salah at Liverpool. Oh, I'll definitely be at Liverpool next next uh, season. I'm definitely going to be the next season. Not because he signed a new contract, because he'll see that out and his next move will be a big payday for him, salary-wise, because there'll be no fee. But, Carl, looking at the, the transfers, in Pablo Mari, we signed him in January 2020. So he's been here 18 months He's played 19 games in 18 months. And, I, and someone said, it could be the usual nonsense, that there was a £1 million fee for every 10 games that he played, which is why he's been stuck on 19 games. He goes to Udinese last season, two goals in 15 Serie A games. And if it, I bet they weren't paying anywhere near. Um, I wouldn't even think they're paying half of his wages in Italy for the, the, the 85 that he's on. That's yeah, going to go down not. as another disastrous move, isn't it? Because he ended up costing us, I think, twenty-four million. Because he had a, a loan fee of um, six, and then another fee of buying him of twelve, and then another fee of, of six after that. It's a really complicated transfer, his one, because there was so many different fees involved. But yeah, but no. whoever when we signed him, someone must have saw something in him, and he came to Arsenal. All of a sudden, he's not the player that we thought he was going to be. Or um, so again. It, it, when you sign players, every player that you sign is a risk because there's no guarantee they're going to come to this league. It's like Haaland. I know people say Haaland's an absolute goal machine. And you know what? In Germany, he was. But there's no guarantee he's going to come to um, the English Premier League, which is a rough and tumble league, and he's going to start banging in goals. There's no guarantee. So I think any time you sign someone, you're taking a definite gamble. For me, sometimes I think that Arsenal don't do their due diligence. Where we sign players like on almost on a rush, 
Like, no one had ever heard of Pablo Marie before we signed him. And it's really good because you think to yourself, oh, we've got this player who no one's heard of, he's going to come and try and make a difference. And he comes to Arsenal and, you know, he can't can't head a ball and he can't tackle and he can't pass. And the way Arteta wants his centre-backs to be, you know, ball-playing midfielders, get the ball to feet, play it out, not just hoof it up the line or hoof it down um, to the striker. That's not what we want. And... You know, Pablo Reed just can't do that. He he doesn't have the the capabilities. Whether you can train him to be that sort of player, maybe. And I hope I hope he can be that player. But what you see of him, he, he just can't do it. So well, he's going to be twenty nine in August. I'm just looking at he. Uh, I made a note of the transfer details here. We signed him in July 2020 on loan from Flamingo in Brazil. It was five million pound loan fee uh, in uh, in. Then in January 2020, we signed him for another five. No, nine million. Then it was a a five million fee, a three million free, and then a one million every ten games to a maximum of eighty <laughs> games. So at the moment, he's cost us nine million, not twelve or twenty. So that's ridiculous. So who now. signs that off? Who? Do you know what? Like Stan, I've got like <laughs> who at Arsenal literally when they were sitting down negotiating with his club and his agent. Who thought that that would be a good idea to put that in the the contract? That that's what happens. Like sometimes you have to think to yourself, like, are they? Are you look okay? I just think the most the, the most curious thing about Pablo Mari is that of all of Arteta's signings, he's the one that he's actually seen up close, right? Because he was at Man City for a while, yeah. wasn't he? So there was a link there. So I thought, well, he obviously knows what he's getting. And um, almost immediately, he's kind of decided, nah, no, you're not for me. So that makes it even more curious when you talk about the details of that contract. And and he's the one that is 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 no good. I mean, I'd yeah. Who makes was was Ralston? Yeah, he's still at the club when that contract was being put together. Because that sounds like it could have had his fingers all over it. I mean, who who? Puts I think it was a bit like of desperation. Together? It's just because we needed a centre back at the time, and we it was that old. He's got to be a left footed centre back, otherwise Arteta isn't going to want him. And he did nothing. I think when he had one season on loan in Spain from Man City, he, that team is we've got relegated. And he's not a bad player. He's had some good games for us, but then he was out injured for long periods twice, and then he came back. One of the last games he played for us, he had an absolute disaster, That's and then it fell them, apart. And now he's nearly twenty nine. At the end of the negotiations, him and his agent walked out of the office, they shut the door, and they just looked at each other and went, Yes. <laughs> 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 Did we just get away with what we just asked for? Like, seriously. Like, High fiving. <laughs> Definitely. Um, like Daniel Roberts says here, there was a point when Mari and Holding were our best part of, um, partnership in defence. They were. They were both really good for a while. But now I think we've moved on. With the, the the ability of our centre backs, with, with Gabriel was absolutely brilliant. We're going to see next season Saliba, he's going to be next level that good, and hopefully he's going to stay with us. Because if you watched him playing in France, he was re- in both times that he was on loan, he was regularly with his centre back partner or two centre back partners. He was getting a hundred passes a game. Imagine that doing that in the Premier League, your centre back getting a hundred passes a game. Hopefully we're going to utilise that and make the most of it because that is that is some ability and and he's getting like eighty ninety percent pass accuracy maybe even more. Nice. Yeah, I can't nice. wait to see to see this guy. And I know we keep saying it, but it will be like a new signing, literally, because we've never seen him in an Arsenal shirt. <laughs> yeah, he's so. never 
play for us. So it'd be good. He must be going to the tour in the USA. So it's going to be good to see, you know, mix and match partnerships, Saliba and Gabriel, Gabriel and White, White and Saliba holding. These, you know, these, these, these are the times where Arteta really needs to, you know, mix and match the team and hopefully find these right combinations because these are what friendlies are definitely are about. Um, Stan, just quickly, on sort of um, the game that we just spoke about, uh, Kieran Tierney, so the plan was always for him to play 30 minutes. I think uh, Arteta came out and said, we just want to test him. He's been out for three months. He wants to come out and get a runabout. Am I the only person who thinks it's weird that he played the first 30 minutes instead of the last 30 minutes? I never really gave that much thought until you just said that, to be honest. You generally think of a player coming back from injury is eased into the game and not started so that you can sort of see the tempo of the game. Maybe because it's just a tune-up game and a meaningless friendly. And I was going to ask you guys as well, regarding these friendlies and pre-seasons, I see a lot of people sort of losing their shit a little bit about certain players that, why is he going on the tour if we're trying to get rid of him? Why is that player wearing the armband when he's just come back from London and he's not in the plans. For me, I always look at these games purely as tune-up games is what they are. You know, I don't really read that much into them or take that much notice of them. And it's a little bit like, um, if you look at a game like the, the game against Nuremberg, it, it's like, if I never watched that game. I still haven't seen it. I've seen probably three minutes of highlights, which tells me nothing of the flow of the game. It just shows me the goals, right? But if you say something like, um, oh, look at the scoreline and you, and you maybe criticise the defence, then you'll get lambasted and told it doesn't mean anything, right? It's just it's just a friendly. But if everyone's cheering about the goals that are scored and you say, well, it doesn't really mean that much, you know, it's just a friendly, then you get torn for being negative and having some sort of agenda. So you can't win. So with these friendly games, to me, I don't take nothing really that much out of them. And I remember a few seasons ago where it was a pre-season and Eddie and Ketty were scoring goals for fun. Prolific would be the word that I would use for that pre-season. But then when the season started, obviously that didn't, it didn't translate and move across to the, to the proper game. So although it's nice to get a taste of football and to see a shiny new player in their shirt, I don't really take really that much out of these friendlies at all. Because I've seen us have terrible pre-seasons and start really well, win the first few games. I've seen us have brilliant pre-seasons and you're rubbing your hands together and the first game starts and you get whumped by someone that you think you shouldn't get whumped by. For me, pre-seasons are literally to get your fitness back. And I know it's easy to say these people are finely tuned athletes and they've only been up for four weeks. But if you're doing nothing for four weeks, which... Rightly so, they should. They should literally be relaxing and doing absolutely nothing. To run around for 90 minutes is very hard after you've been off a fall. So they have to get it back, get back into the process. And it's all about working out patterns, isn't it? Like, that's the reason why Arteta will mix and match squads to see who plays well with each other. Like, there's... He may play Saka and Martellini on and on one side and then put Gabriel up front and see how they interlink together. And then he could you can't replicate that in a um, training matches all the time. Sometimes you need real life action, and then he may play someone else. He may play Smith Rowe on the wing up in one half and then push him into the middle. How Odegaard links up with 
Jesus and how he links up with Inketia. It's all about just seeing how your squad plays. So even if we lost, I mean, we lost um, almost every single game of the preseason last season, didn't we? I'm sure. Because then we get beat by Livingston in Scotland <laughs> and then like, we lost some other games and then. I mean, we, we, yeah, we went and lost to Brentford the first game of the season. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of transpired. But this is... We lost to Hibs and then Drew with Rangers. Hibs, yeah. All this is about, it's just about getting your fitness back, about new signings, old signings, linking up together. Whoever's going on the pre-season tour, you've got to train like you're going to be in the squad because you don't know what's happening. So if Lucas Torreira's going... Um, on the tour, and if, if um, Hector Bellerin's wearing the captain's armbands, remember he was one of the top five captains um, when we had that. So, rightly so, he's the most, he's probably the most experienced player in that squad. So, yeah, why not? Why shouldn't he wear the captain's armband? Right now, he is an Arsenal player and he is exactly. going to play like an Arsenal player. Yes, we've got three right backs. Um, there's no guarantee you could play Suarez on the left because. At the moment, the way Kieran Tierney's fitness, and it's not the best, Suarez could be now being trained up or played more on the left-hand side. So you could have Hector and Tommy Asu on the right. Um, we still don't know what's happening with the other players. So right now, you play as if you're in the start. You are training like you want to start that first game at Crystal Palace. That's how you play it. That's how you train. It doesn't matter who's in the squad because suppose nobody comes in for any of our players and when it comes, chance of window closes and right now, all the players that we have now are still going to be in the squad. Yes, all of them won't fit in. Some of them may just be cut players, but you've got to train like you have. So people going away. I remember you can sign for a club and remember your agent does most of the work anyway. So all what happened is your contract will get faxed to America, you sign it, and it's gone. So it makes a difference where, where you are, to be honest, if you're going to sign for a new club. That's why wanna, any scores goals like that, because it doesn't matter. And if you want to find out if Gabriel Martinelli can really play through the middle, now is the time to find out in these kinds of games, in these friendly games. And it might mean that we have to lose some of those games to, to experiment with players and try them in different positions. There's a lot of chat about... You know, someday that maybe Saka has what it takes to play more centrally. You maybe try him in a couple of games to take a look at it to see that when it gets nearer to that time, what you know you might need to work on. That's what these games are about. So I never really take them with with any kind of like I would with a competitive game, shall I say? Yeah, agreed. Um, what else is there to talk about? The Jack Wilshere thing, Carl? Is that something you should cover? Yeah, I mean... Men cry? Yeah, definitely. I I, I am, am was a huge fan of Jack Wilshere. I can remember seeing him in Emirates Cup game. Um, I can't remember who it was against. And I know people are going to say, oh, yeah, when I first saw him, I thought he was brilliant. When I first saw Jack Wilshere, I did turn to my friend and say, oh, he's a bit lively, isn't he, that um, <laughs> young one? And, you know, we kind of, I didn't remember who it was. I just kind of forgot about it. And then he played a few games and I was like, oh, I remember him. Like, I genuinely did. And he was, he was always the standout. I think right now he's probably the best product we've ever had from Hayland. And I think without injuries, he would have been 
different class. I really do. And injuries just absolutely ruined him. Like, I think he could have been an Arsenal legend. I mean, he kind of, kind of is, but I think the injury just absolutely ruined him. And the fact that he got into the squad so young, played so many, played games, you know, put his body on the line for Arsenal. He is an Arsenal man through and through, and he scored. You know, he's had some really brilliant games. I'm, you know, standout games, goals against Norwich. Uh, I remember the goal against West Bromwich Albion in the last game of the season. I remember the game against Barcelona where, you know, he had Xavi and Iniesta in the middle and Jack Wilshere ran that game. You know, he was just absolutely brilliant. And, you know, for someone, a centre midfielder, to call time in their career at age 30 is sad. It really is because this should be kind of coming to the latter stages of his prime years. And I don't feel Jack Wilshere ever had prime years because of his injuries. I remember... Uh, I can't remember what season it was where he literally missed a whole season just because of injury. Yeah, yeah. Like he just caught his ankle. He could not get fit. And every time it was like, oh, he's going to come back after Christmas. Not, didn't come back. He, so I would have loved to have seen sort of Jack Wilshire and Aaron Ramsey in the middle for Arsenal. It would have been an absolute dream to see, but we just didn't see it because of the injury. So yeah, it, it's sad that he's retired too early. Yeah, it is. 10, 10 11, he played 49 games, two goals. Next season, no games. Next season, 33, then 35, then 22. But Oddie's last season with us, 16 17, he played 38 games, scored two goals. And then then we got rid of him to West Ham. And in three seasons at West Ham, 19 games. And at that point, you think, oh, no, it's all over, isn't it? I've yeah. never wanted an Arsenal, ex-Arsenal player to do as, uh, so well as him, but I don't watch England play. But apparently he was England man of the match for five games in a row under under Roy. I don't remember he any was, of that. He was a really good player. Just injury just ruined him. Don't you think, Stan, that just, if it wasn't for injuries, he would have been, I think, definitely, you're talking him Arsenal-level sort of uh, legend of the era, Henri... Ian Wright, he would have been named sort of in that sort of sphere. Whereas at the moment, he's kind of in that Diaby Riziki bracket now. You know, when I think of injuries, I think of that trio mostly of players that we just couldn't get enough out of them and couldn't see them play enough games. But for him to come back now as a coach, I mean, what's not to like? I think it's always good when you have a player that was good for you, that they choose to come back to the club and pass it on to the next lot. That's what it should be all about, right? That's where they should be getting their knowledge from. They should be getting their knowledge from somebody that, that knows their way around the club, knows what the, the core values are, know what the mission statement is, know what's required to play for the team. And more than, more than that, can actually tell those midfielders, you know, this is this is the way to do it in the midfield at Arsenal if you want to get ahead. So what's not to like? And um, I'm really glad that he's chosen to go that route, you know, that he's decided to do that with his career. So fair play. There's a whole load of one. There's Diaby, Rasicki, Eduardo, Wilshere, um, all these players that are, that are brilliant, and they all got the shit kicked out of them because there was no protection for them. And then so there's a whole so many of our great players ended up missing seasons at a time. I mean, Santi has done well. He's just um, renewed his contract playing out in the Middle East, so he's doing that for another season. He's got a really, his first season there. He had a, a really good ratio. I think it was like 12 goals and 17 games. Not so good the second season, but now he's 37 and he's still doing it. Yeah. But it's just so sad that that you saw Jack out there and you saw 
Though I think if we had to say the one thing that Jack did wrong was hold on to the ball for too long because he just wanted to do that little bit more. Oh, I'm going to hold it a little bit more. I'm going to wait for someone to get the, the pass. And, and when he when that worked, it was wonderful, as we saw, like you're saying, Carl, against Barcelona. He shredded that team. He was taking on Messi and taking on all of them and turning them all inside out because they weren't going to go and stoke you or Burnley you or, or any of those other shit teams that didn't play football. That had, the only way they could stop you is to, to hack you down. <laughs> And so I remember the Barcelona players or the manager coming out after the game and saying, Jack Wilshere, what, what a future that kid has for, for Arsenal in England. And I remember thinking at the time, he's going to go off to break um, uh, David O'Leary's record of 722 games. But like like Jack or, or someone, might have been Mems or someone tweeted pictures of Jack Wilshere with two FA Cups because the Spurs fans are all taking the piss out of him. And he went, yeah, he still won more in his short career than your club has won in, in the same length of time, if not more, because they've won one League Cup back in I think 2008 and Jack's won two FA Cups and no end of England a load of England caps and it's been absolutely brilliant but it's just so sad that you'd, you'd look at him and then he went off to play in um, Denmark for right. um, a, for AGF last season and a friend of the program Chris from um, from uh, where's he live uh, Norway Norwegian Chris um, Highland Hilland I can't say his surname he went off to see went off to watch the game he said Jack saw they were wearing Arsenal kits or were Arsenal fans he came over and spoke to them for I think he said 10 minutes just talking about Arsenal and but for that relegation because that team nearly got relegated that's right he played yeah. nearly every single game didn't he in the, in the relegation part of the season he must have played about 20 games and about 18 of them he started and he said as well, I heard him saying um, on one of his uh, talk sport interviews that if they'd offered him a contract that he would have gone back to them. So I, I wonder why I wonder why they didn't. I suppose he's going to be a target though, isn't he? Because if you're if you know that it's England's Jan Arsenal's Jack Wilshire and he's playing in in uh, for a Danish league team and then the other team are going to come in, it's going to be well. I, I remember when, uh, twenty years ago when I was playing football, I, I once two footed Jack Wilshire and and took him out of the game. It's going to be a claim to fame because that's what it'd be in this country. A chance you try and get to kick someone because you're not as good as them and they'll do it over and over. But I've got a thing up here of um of his career, Carl. Look at that. His entire career, 288 games. That's no, that's nothing, is it? That's really sad. Like, really, really. Like, you look at that 11, 12 season, the whole season being injured. Like, it's just just ridiculous, isn't it? And again, you know, 15, 16, you know, only three appearances. Um, 16, 17, two appearances. That's five appearances in. He was on loan to Bournemouth that season as well. Like Bournemouth. Yeah. yeah, so even so, that that's not good enough. Like, it's not good enough. It should be more than that. And, you know, it's a, I don't want to say a wasted career, but it almost is because of his injuries. And he could have been so much better, but, you know, maybe just wasn't meant to be. And sadly, you know, Jack Wilshere should always be remembered at Arsenal, but I don't think he's going to be remembered for the things that we want to sort of remember him for and you know you don't know what kind of coach he's going to be I hope he's going to be a, a good coach and you know he's going to lead like Stan said you know who better to learn from a Hayland uh, product to come through and tell these young players what it's like to come through how to live your life you know Jack's going to, always going to be like one of the lads and I still think he's definitely one of the best Hayland products that ever come through those doors and 
yeah, uh, it is sad to see that he's had to stop playing so early. But hopefully, you know, his his career could do a drastic turn, and you know, he could become a great coach. And hopefully, he does do that. What do you think of his goal return? Jack Wilshere scored some really. I think he scored some really good goals. I mean, you know, as a centre midfielder, twenty five appearances, four goals. Uh, sorry, no, what was that twenty five appearances? Where's goals? National Cup for League Cup. So not too bad. Could it have been better? Yeah, hundred percent. Could it have been better? Yeah. I think. Do you know what? He scored more the spectacular goal rather than quantity. I think yeah. that's what Jack Wilshere was quality rather than quantity. Yeah, um, and important goals as well. Yeah, because didn't he like take home the goal of the season two years in a row? Like didn't the he? last game when yeah, when you know when Arsenal the Norwich one, it, I remember yeah. the Norwich one, yeah. and then the um, West Bromwich Albion one with that volley from the edge of the area, left foot, uh, last game of the season, and that's when Arsenal we could vote for the goal of the season, and obviously <laughs> Arsenal fans just absolutely ruined every single poll. Um, back then, and he managed to get a goal in the season. That's when they stopped it. After that season, yeah. they stopped it. <laughs> Says here, BBC goal of the season 2013, 14, and 14, 15. Yeah, and then they stopped it because we was just as our <laughs> like, you know, we was we used to run every single poll into it. So yeah, uh, it's sad, but you know, long live. Hopefully, he can come into the under 18s and. Show the show these kids the way, and then hopefully these kids get to the under twenty threes, and then make it through the academy and become great Arsenal players. Plus for England, thirty four games, two goals. That's not too bad, is it? When you look over the history of the Premier League, how many really good players have only got a handful of games for England? Like you know, Steve Bruce, I don't think he got any. Steve Bolt didn't get any. Matt Letizia only got about yeah. five, six or seven. So he's, he can look back at that with pride. He's won. Two, two FA Cups, he's got uh, won the Charity Shield, England Caps, Goal of the Season stuff, a Youth Cup with Arsenal, and the adoration of, of nearly every single Arsenal fan. I don't think there's anybody out there who, who didn't like him, who, <laughs> who doesn't wish him the best. And for, and for him to come in uh, and be a coach, Stan, if you're 18, 19 or 20, something like that, and Jack Wilshere at the age of 30, he's not 31 till New Year's Day, coming in and being, being a coach of... Having someone who's so fresh out of playing professional football and still so young, they'll be able to relate to him and look up to him. And then that's going to be an amazing influence, hopefully. Well, you're going to be all ears when you've got him in front of you talking to mm. you. But for, he'll always be remembered as well for his uh, his little Tottenham chant off the top of the bus. That one oh, yes. <laughs> as well. Yeah, I think he really endeared himself even more than he already was to every Arsenal, Arsenal fan for that. True. Yes. Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, good luck to him. It's nice that he's coming back as well. I think that's the, it gives him something to do because so many players, when they finish playing professional football, like I was listening to that tick, Gabby Abognahor. Oh my God, it's the most depressing voice. Because I, I was listening to Talk Sport for some reason. And then before I could change the station, he came on. With Gabby, Gabby Roslin, I think, who she's good. She knows what she's raised up. What up, man? What up, play football? You know what to do? <laughs> Shit, what the hell are you doing on here? And you know what it is? They get paid to be controversial, don't they? Because obviously, yeah. when they say something stupid, people will tweet about them and it gets their name. It's all about fame, isn't it? Just trying to keep your your name active, basically. Danny, can I just say that was a very good impression? I literally thought he'd walked in the room. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's I'm telling him to get out. Yeah, absolute tit. Like that O'Hara. There's oh. the point there. It's oh, just yeah, it's the same, isn't he? They, they should be called man. the 50p merchants because they just get 50, they get people to spend 50p to text in and go, what the hell are you talking about, you absolute melon? Jamie um, O'Hara is the worst man. He is absolute toilet. Nothing more. He doesn't that. even realise it. At least Adrian Durham knew what he was doing. Ray was, he was baiting them on purpose. And if you did it, you see if you rang out or texted in, going. The best one was I remember hearing him having a debate recently, and it was something to do with. Um, I think it was something to do with Jack Grealish, and they were kind of debating about you know going out drinking when you've still got other games to come and, and, you know, you've won the league, but you've still got a big Champions League game and that, you know, you should still be holding it down as a professional. And he was, like, really going over the top to condone it, right? And I was listening to it and thinking, it's because that's because that's the mentality that you have. You're a mediocre as a football player. The reason that you're a mediocre as a football player is because you didn't have that kind of a discipline where you would constantly probably be going out after every match and boozing it up when you won, boozing it up when you lost. And now you're trying to pass that off to everybody else that it's okay for them to do it because that's what you did. Do you know what I mean? And that's why you that's why you were trash as a footballer, probably. And it just made me laugh that he was trying to condone, you know what I mean, being, a, being mediocre at something because that's what he was. Carl, um, if we didn't know better, we would think this is a troll, but it's not. It's hand lots of numbers. Uh, talking about Wilshire, I think, he can talk about how lightweight he was and injury-prone. That'll really help our youngsters. It's not fair, is it? No, it's not. Listen, you, he, <clears throat> Jack Wilshire came up when you were playing the likes of Bolton, Stoke, um, all these teams that didn't know how to play football and only we the only way they didn't play football was to kick people. That was it. And you know, back in the day when referees used to look at things like that and just think, oh Arsenal just like it, Arsenal just soft, you know, um that was it. Referees used to take a but now you can't do that. It's VAR if it works. Um so you know I think a lot of careers that Danny touched on me, I'm not gonna go back over it like a whole load, but a lot of careers got ruined over um, these so-called northern teams like kicking us off the park. You know, Sam Allardyce was literally renowned for doing that. Tony Pulis was renowned for doing that. You know, leave your foot and kick these players. I remember David, I want to say David Platton, when he used to play for Stoke and that he... They don't like it up, no, I think it was. I'm sure it was. Didn't he's the one that done Diaby, wasn't it? Like David Cotton kicked him, broke his, broke his ankle, and then that was it. it was after that, he was never the same ever again. And it was just stupid. So, you know, Jack Walsh is not going to tell these players, oh, you know, leave your ankle in, blah, blah, blah. He's going to work on tactics with them. He's going to tell people how to play possible. So, yeah, listen, we can't. Yes, he was he a saint? No, he wasn't. Jack Walsh wasn't a saint. Could he have done things better? Yes, 100% could have done things better. But, you know, he's grown now. He lives and learns. You know, he's got experience now to teach his young players what to do and what not to do. And it's just nice to see an Arsenal product or Arsenal Academy product back in the academy teaching youngers. Like, it's really good to have... Now, I my dream team, I would love to have Dennis Burkamp back as a coach at Arsenal uh, with Thierry Henry. With, do you know what I mean? I'd love that. But, you know, it's nice to see that Arsenal are looking after their own. 
And it's good. And what he's not going to do, he's looking after the under 18s under the supervision of um, um, God, Mertesacker. Yeah. So yeah. you know he's gonna he's gonna if he's not doing well, then yeah, he'll leave the club. But if he's doing well with them, he's gonna do well. Yeah, it's as much as an apprenticeship for Jack Wilshire in the job as it is for oh, the players that are going to be learning from him. And as Danny said as well, he just said that uh, that stat about him being man of the match five times for England in a row. I mean, uh, it's case closes, isn't it? You don't get to play at those heights if you're no good. And to be man of the match five times in a row and the striker not being able to pinch one of those, usually the striker, right, gets a lot of man of the matches for important goals and he was managed to hold it down in midfield. And we just read out as well that it wasn't because of his goals. It wasn't banging in the goal. So it was obviously the way that it was applying himself and controlling the game. So great for our youngsters to be learning off, off somebody like that. As for the Paul Merson comment, probably didn't affect his game all that drinking, but it's definitely a fucking affected his brain cells in some of his commentary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a you know, them's the breaks. It's a 50 50 thing. <laughs> Someone asked, What are you drinking, Stan? I'm drinking, um, it's a local beer. It's called, uh, by called Red Truck, and I drink the Red Truck IPA. And that's all I ever have in my fridge. Once I find a drink, I don't go on to try and find anything else. I did that once. I found this. And one day I went out to the office and I bought all these cans of different beers to try. I ended up pouring most of them down the sink because I just didn't like them. Like a can of this, a can of that. I'd be like, oh, and I ended up staying off the Red Truck. So Red Truck IPA for me. People moan, my family moan at me for that. I find something I like and that's all I have. Like I've got loads of cans of Monster behind me because it's lovely. But then I found that too much caffeine makes my shoulder hurt. It makes my neck hurt. So um, there we go. Carl, what else did you, uh, what else were we going to talk about? I can't remember. Was that it? Um, that was kind of it. I guess the tour of America is coming up and Arsenal play Everton on the 17th of July. So that's not next week, isn't it? Um, and then they play Orlando City sort of um, two days later. Yeah, so next Sunday we play... Um, Everton, and then we play Orlando City on the Thursday, and then we play Chelsea on the Sunday, and then we fly home and play Seville. So, you know, I think, I think between now and the start of the season, I still think there will be some outgoings. I really do, just because Arsenal at the moment, their squad is very bloated, um, and I think once we get rid of some players then that'll be able to bring some players in. We might not like how some of these players leave mm-hmm. um, personally. And I think you may, I mean, we can talk about Leno. I think there's quite widely been reported that Leno's kind of agreed a deal with uh, Fulham. And, you know, that's almost going to happen. It's just for Arsenal and Fulham to agree a fee, which I can't see it being too far off. I think it's, been reported to between, be between 10 and 11 million, which is not too bad. I think for someone, you know, German international last year of his contract, and if he does go, you know, I don't think Leno was ever a bad goalkeeper. I mean, you got to remember who he had in front of him. He had like um, Mustafi in front of him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was a player of our season one time, wasn't it? It's was him and Aubameyang. He couldn't put a cigarette paper between them of who was the best player a couple of yeah, seasons ago. I mean, yeah, and Gabriel, the Gabriel Mark one, the defender, that clown, Paulista. 
just yeah that was it played in front of him as well Carl yeah like, so you know I mean, if your defenders ain't helping you you, you can't you can't go wrong but I don't if he leaves no one's going to say oh thank god Leno's gone like I think people be quite sad because he's just a uh, I like Leno yeah, yeah he was just an unassuming character like came in, he got injured. I remember when he got injured and then that's when um, Dickhead from Aston Villa came in. Um, but, and then there was talk of whether Leno was going to keep his squad, uh, place in the squad or we was going to uh, keep him. But, do you know what? It was, for me... That game he came in at the end of last season, I can't remember who it was against, he came in for one game, he had to come in and you saw the way that he got cuddles at the end of the game by everybody. He pulled off some yeah. good saves as well to keep us in it, if I remember rightly. Yeah. I can't, so I can't remember who it was though. But the, the, the way you can tell like how well he was liked by the Arsenal fans is when he comes back to Arsenal with Fulham, whether he'll get a round of applause and a cheer or not, and I, and I bet he does. I think he will, unless he does what every other keeper does, where he turns into prime Manuel Neuer, like when he comes back to the Emirates and you can't score a goal against him. But he wasn't a hated player, and he, and he won't be a hated player because he... He's never complained. He's just gone about his business. We're the ones that replaced him with Ramsdale. So, yeah, uh, if he does go, would I be sad to see him go? Not sad per se, but I wish him well. I don't wish him any ill feeling. I hope he goes to Fulham and has a successful career, to be honest. Like, I, I really, really do. So, you know, good luck to him. Um, but It was Villa him, away. That one game he came in and played against, it was Villa away. Okay. But with him leaving... You know, there's got to be other players uh, in the squad, and hopefully between now and the beginning of the season, we do see other players go. Um, like I said, I think we'll main these players for, you know, really stupid amounts of money, and I mean low amounts of money. And I think we just got to remember that it's not just a transfer fee you got to look at, you've got to look at the wages as well. I think when we got the wages of our wage bill, that is huge, actually humongous, and that gives us the impetus to bring other players in and there's still talk of us bringing in other players or maybe Tinnemans you know this Rafinha story won't go away the Martinez story from um, Ajax won't go away it's between us and Man United so you know I still think there's a few twists and turns uh, before the season starts yet Carl someone's put in the chat there um, N'Golo Kante I'm just looking he's got 12 months left on his contract the Daily Star so it's nonsense saying <laughs> that he's only 31 years old <clears throat> that we've been linked to coming to us. Would, would would you have him? Yes. Would I have him? Yes. Is that story got any basis or any substance? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Like he's mm-hmm. not coming to us. I'm sorry. There's no, he, he's just not coming to us. No way. Um, so, he's only just gone 31 and last season for he played 42 games last season 48 28 53 48 he's someone who very rarely misses games new manager new regime new players God, I'd have him one year left on his contract 40 million quid possibly I'm guessing oh god no no I wouldn't spend 40 million pounds on him no no. Plus, everyone knows that like, Arsenal's Chelsea's retirement home. So, you know, <laughs> slippers, oh, yeah. slippers and, uh, you know, dressing gown of his initials on will be waiting. We don't need yeah, any more Chelsea pensioners. I want to spend 40, 40 million on a 31-year-old. No, no, not at all. Well, no, but, um, uh, Barcelona are about to spend 35 million on a, on a 36-year-old if Lewandowski gets his own way. 
Jesus. And what the hell is that about? <laughs> well, I find I haven't got any money. Like, all that, that's all talk, isn't it? Because... <laughs> you hear what Bayern Hierarchy said? If you want him, you pay all the money in pay one go. Yeah, because they trust that they're going to be in business. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they won't be around in two years. Oh, that's hilarious. But they yeah, say Germans don't have a sense of humour, and that's brilliant. I still think there's a lot of people, a lot of major moves around Europe to to happen yet. Um, because Man United, though it's still Man United, they haven't really bought anyone. And they're still going to make a major, they have to make a marquee signing, especially if Ronaldo leaves. So Man United are going to make a marquee signing. Chelsea, they still need to buy uh, at least two defenders because they've lost um, two of their two centre-backs, haven't they? Yeah. Um, Rudiger really? and Christiansen, so they need a centre back 100%. So they're gonna go out and buy probably a marquee centre back. Um, I think Man City may have done all they've done. Tottenham, I hate, I hate saying this, but they're quietly going about well, not quietly, but they're just going about their business buying players. I mean, it's still Tottenham, don't get it wrong. And a 33 year old Perisic playing at left wing back is not their answer, I assure you. Ridiculous. But um is for Charleston. You know, <laughs> he's gonna I think he's gonna cause ruptures in that team. I genuinely do because he's gonna want he's come from Everton. He sorry, he started at um Watford where he was the main man. Yeah. Then he went to Everton where he was the main man. Now he's gone to Tottenham where he's not gonna be the main man. He's gonna have to bow down to Kane and Son. Yeah. Is his ego gonna allow him to do that? We'll see in it. And how much dark they're like they're gonna have to get three referees in all holding cards with marks out of ten for all the diving they're gonna do. Because there is no two worse players for dark three than than Kane, Son and Rickolson. They are gonna be I reckon they'll spend more time in midair than they will on their feet in the coming season. Formation diving. That's it. Syn- Synchronised diving. Ridiculous. I just hope Preparing. and pray that somewhere in our squads of these ones that we've got to move out that Somewhere in there is another Awobi deal that we can somehow pull off, pull off an Awobi deal somewhere to someone and just run off for 40 million. That would be good. Who in there could, could we do that with? Pepe? Pepe. Pepe. To, to, yeah, Pepe to flip in Everton. Why not? The PSG. Yeah, well, he did wonders in Spain and France the first time. Is there? What we need is Neymar to go to Man City, Man United and bankrupt them. And then oh, uh, in Pepe, Pepe to start wielding that power that he's been given and saying, right, we need Nicola Pepe here. <laughs> make it, make it, make it done. Make it so. Get it trending. It, <laughs> it has to be done. Yeah. Right. So, um, what else have we got coming up, Carl? Um, uh, Show wise, I think me and me and Mike are doing one tomorrow night. He's he's so, at the game. In, in, in Florida or wherever it is. We are definitely going to... So I know some of the games, Stan, this may be for you because some the games in America, UK time, they oh, yeah. are, I want to say like 12 midnight. I don't know what time it is for you. That's about um, around eight hours behind you. So one, so the Everton game on Sunday is 12 midnight. That would be about um, eight o'clock in the evening here then. So... Danny, that's for you because you're up at those times. So you could probably do a, if you can find a stream. Uh, no, because you're going to be doing one with Mike that day, innit? So you won't want to do two shows. We could do it on a uh, Monday. Maybe. Look, maybe. We can see it. And then 
you've got the Orlando City one on Thursday at half past midnight. Um, and then you've got the Chelsea game on the following Sunday at one o'clock in the morning, UK time. So <laughs> one in the morning. You know, it's um we'll probably stream those or um talk about those, but we'll definitely do a roundup of all the friendlies and if we do make any mad marquee signings or um you know, something out of the woodwork comes on, we'll definitely uh jump on. Formerly Noza is, is absolutely funny. He says, Hey uh Ace and to Newcastle for thirty five million. I would absolutely Ooh. love that. Like I would, I would snap that's daylight robbery, isn't it? It's daylight robbery. If we could pull that off, you, you would snap their hands off for that. Like, wouldn't you? That? Well, is England England international? That won't be positions. That won't be do was another one that you know the agents walked out of the door from Everton. They quietly shut the door, and then in the hallway, very quietly, they just went. Uh, <laughs> one of them is victory. They also did the same as well. Like when you got the offer, we was. How much? Um, oh, let's think about that first. Yes, 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 yes. And you're going to pay that all in one one go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> so yeah, and now even just talking about um, Joe Bullock going to Newcastle, I don't think Newcastle have finished either. You know, Newcastle have got an abundance of money. They're yes. going to come and buy someone at a left field that you're not going to um, know about. So I think this transfer window merry-go-round it hasn't even started yet i think you're going to have a lot uh of people moving and especially closer to the window closing because that's when people are going to assess their squads and think shit i need a left back i need a right back i need a striker like do you remember when arsenal lost 18 to man united and that's when the arsenal Wenger decided to open up his checkbook and sign some players oh, teta, murder, yeah that we, went, we, we just went in, didn't we? So, yeah, um, as soon as the first couple of games of this uh, season starts and Manchester start deciding, this player is not good enough for me to play. I need mean, X, Y, Z, you'll see. Um, Mary Gray Browns. But yes, ABW will be back with more shows, definitely. Um, Danny's still going to do his uh, Sunday supplement, as he does with Mike. Uh, every Sunday, Sunday roast. Sunday roast, sorry. Um, please tune into that. Uh, we will talk about any ingoings and outgoings and the games from Arsenal. And yeah, uh, everyone, keep the faith. Don't listen to ITKs because they don't know anything. Um, and I want to say thanks to Stan for jumping on last minute. Much appreciated, Stan. Thanks for having me on. Always like coming in and having a chat with you guys. Oh, lovely Stan, lovely Stan. Danny, you're always here because you have to be here because this is your show. So Our show, Carl. With just me, no one would listen. Uh, who's ending the show? Are you? Are you pressing the buttons? No, you can't. Just want to say, if you're listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, put on the notification for the bell. If you're listening on any other platform, like Spotify, uh, please give us a like. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, please give us a like. Give, leave us a very nice comment because it helps us. So... Um, as always, not formally knows to say, Carpenter out. Thank you very much for listening, guys. And we will be back tomorrow with the Sunday race with Danny. Uh, and we will, any Arsenal-related news, we shall be back in a week. So take care, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>